Hi, I'm Corey Snyder, head of partnerships here at teamwork.com. And in the first three months, we doubled our partner count. In the next 12 months, we're gonna three and a half X our partner count, as well as six and a half our revenues. And the way we're gonna do that is through removing a ton of inefficiencies, um, adding a ton of uh, go-to-market activities, but also, and more importantly, partnering with sales, marketing, and customer success to drive revenue to and through partners. If that resonates with you, listen along. Also, check out our other episodes. You're listening to TNDR, the B2B SaaS growth podcast brought to you by Spear Growth. The goal of the podcast is to enable you, our listeners, to generate an additional $100,000 in cumulative pipeline by May 2024. To do this, we bring people who have made a real impact in their companies. They cut through the fluff and dive deep into one tactic or strategy of this. I'm your host, Ishan. Let's generate pipeline. Perfect. Can you also answer the rest of it? Like, okay, uh, for example, like how many people the in the specific partnership, like how many people are there? Um, yeah. If you spend any money, how much was that approximately? Or if you spend it on a tool, like, hey, just bought a couple of tools. This is roughly the entire thing. Okay. With that in mind, we have three individuals that work for teamwork.com. It's myself running strategy, talking with partners and working with the partners directly to drive revenue. We have a partner acquisition person who's out there acquiring partners. She's out hunting, doing the thing to, to drive volume for us. Uh, and then the last person that probably the most important person in reality on the team is our partner enablement and onboarding person. This person is specifically focused on how do we get them up and running on product knowledge as fast as possible? And then how do we get them up and running on uh, go to market in the sense of how does teamwork position themselves in the market? So those are the three individuals that are driving this three and a half X on partner, gro on partner uh, growth and uh, six and a half uh, six and a half X on revenue growth. Perfect. Do you spend any money and who else could also do something similar? In addition to that, we didn't actually spend any additional money. What we did is we looked at it from a perspective of how do we get more efficient with what we have? So there has been that saying that's been going around for the last many days or the last many years, which is do more with less. That is not the intentions. Our intentions were to do more with what we have. And that is by removing inefficiencies, putting inefficiencies. And so we didn't actually have to spend any additional money um, in to do what we did in the first three quarters. Um, I can go over what I will go over what we're going to spend in um, 2024, which is reality just on one to two tools. And that's it. And just lastly, like who can implement the strategy? Yeah. <clears throat> Anybody can implement the strategy in reality, right? Even if you have a different industry, a different, uh, different product that you have or a different program that you have, a lot of these methodologies that have implemented these tactics, um, you can actually implement today. And it's a lot of it is actually funny enough, throwing spaghetti on the wall, right? The goal is to get 80% of your product or your program finished. Once you're there, you're, you can then figure out your 20% based on your specific industry. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the spaghetti on the wall methodology and ideas. Perfect. Yeah. So this is where the recording will play. And then we'll, uh, so the editor will just sort of put all of this together into the TLDR. Then here's the recording. And then we're now starting the actual, like the Perfect. interview portion of the podcast. Right. Perfect. Perfect.
hey cory thank you so much for doing this uh, i i think the first time we discussed ideas in general about partnerships was when i heard you speak at one of our like you know clo- closed door events and that's when i knew i don't know partnerships because i was very proud of hey we we built a great partnership network we have great partners we're getting a few referrals and we're doing some co-marketing and i was very happy about that then i heard you talk about them like oh wait i'm not doing anything so I, i'm i'm so glad to have you talk about this here yeah i don't think you give yourself enough credit i mean a lot of, a lot of having a successful partner program is actually just launching one right um also asking a ton of questions the people i respect the most in the partnership community are the ones that are asking constantly like what questions um how do i build a partner program why did you do this did it work did it not work asking some of the tough questions you know i think that's that's who i respect so i respect uh you and the partner program you've built because you literally are asking the right questions you're putting on these podcasts you're you're really pressure testing these uh these partnership leaders to say okay how did you do it and then you're giving all this knowledge to the world which i appreciate Well, uh, I really appreciate that, Corey. So, just uh, very quickly, can you introduce yourself uh, in just in a short, yeah, a couple of lines, yeah. tweet style? Uh, I'm Corey Snyder. I've been doing partnerships since about 2008, 2010, long before it was cool. Um, mostly in the email marketing space, although I've differentiated over the last couple of years um, into different spaces, different types of partner programs, from tech to mm-hmm. affiliate referral partner to solution agencies. um in resellers. Uh but yeah, I've been doing that for many many years and love what I do. It's become more of a passion project at this point and trying to share with any and everybody what I do and how I've done it. L- love that. Perfect. So let's dive right into the project that you've done. Uh so I think it's we can break it down into two parts and just let me know if it's uh, accurate. So you've joined teamwork now it's and you'll basically share the first 3 months of your work there and then also the second large bit could be like the future plans right is that that a good way to think about it yeah that's a perfect way to think about it yeah perfect okay so when you joined what did the program what did you inherit like what was the team what was the program what was setup that you inherited yeah for the most part it was a brand new program it was you know really in its infancy so a year old um and this is part of that whole respect right launching a program right logan jumped in um he had picked my brain here and there throughout a year to launch this program said hey what would you do and how would you do it funny enough i ended up working there on a program i got to touch a little bit um uh, but logan did a great job at least getting it off the ground but there's a level of uh, experience that you kind of that you surpass right okay now i don't know what necessarily to do i've never been a partner manager you know i've never i've never built a partner program um and so about a year in they said okay let's accelerate growth logan is extremely skilled at podcasting and at um partner or uh, at at doing evangelism so we're going to go ahead and leverage his expertise and we're going to bring somebody in that can then scale it and so the for the most part from a numbers perspective we were doing about 100k in revenue and um we finished the year at about 130k in revenue and we had about 40 partners Well, by the way i really appreciate the transparency on numbers so in the partnership team it was only so you were you the first member or you mentioned there were three people who worked in the project did were did they already were they part of the team already they were so for the most part the <clears throat> and we have one open headcount now that we're hopefully going to fill this week but um 
for the most part, the partner enablement person was added last year, um, early last year. And then the partner acquisition person was added at the end of, I believe, Q3 um, to join the team. Okay, perfect. So you, you joined, you were the last, like amongst the three folks, you, you, you yes. joined the latest. Yep. Perfect. Okay. And, and okay. Uh, so I think that helps. And then what did the partnership like program look like? in terms of, I'm not, I think you're pr probably better at me than breaking it down, but in terms of maybe number of partners or structure or active partners yeah. or prof or like if, if there's any like revenue or <clears throat> skills being driven from it, what, just give us a lay of the land. What does that look like? Yeah, good question. Um, <clears throat> for the most part, one is we had to define some of this stuff. So we had to define what, what's our definition of active partner. And I'm a big fan of just saying, this is what it's going to be for the next six months to a year. And that's the way we're going to go off of it. And we're going to derive on that number. <clears throat> and I'll explain the methodology behind it. When I, when I think about how am I going to six and a half X my number and how does it apply? And you'll kind of see like, oh, I see what Corey's, what Corey's doing. Um, but yeah, so we, we had about, again, three people on the team, 40 ish partners. We had, we managed specifically my ownership is only on solution partners which are agencies, uh, professional services, resellers, things like that. <clears throat> so that was our program. It was for the most part built, right? Commission structure was set up. Uh, there was legal documents set up that needed to be tweaked and kind of fixed. But where we were missing was our, we were extremely inefficient. We were inefficient on the acquisition side and not leveraging our tools with automation. We were not efficient on the, the, and it, well, I wouldn't say we weren't efficient on the, on the certified, um, certifying our partners. I think we became inefficient quickly, right? Mm -hmm. When you go from doing a handful of one-to-one -one certifications, which is what we're doing to 40 people because of what we did in Q4, it becomes inefficient, right? And you open up these gaps and that's, that's probably the biggest thing I'm a fan of. And this is what I tell my team. We're going to put something in place. We're going to break it. We're going to find a gap and then we're going to fill that gap. And then we're going to, then it's going to go and then it's going to break. Something else is going to break yeah. and we're going to fill that gap. And that's literally what we're doing is we're patching holes in this partner program. As we build it, you can't, you can't assume that you're going to get it perfect right off the bat. Even me, 13 years of doing this, I still look at it from a perspective of 80% done. The next 20% we're going to fill throughout the next 12 months. So that's kind of how the team was sitting and how we're kind of inefficient. Um, and then obviously we can dive into the specifics of the inefficiencies and how we put those efficiencies in, but yeah. That's actually very helpful. So I, I think the inefficiencies will get covered as we discuss what are the steps you took, right? So I think, uh, I think this is a very good, is there anything else we should know about what existed? Otherwise I can just ask, Hey, what were the things you did? Yeah, I would also add, <clears throat> obviously, with three people in a in a role and doing only about 130K by the end of the 2023, obviously, we're not a profitable team, right? So the stress is there, but it does tell you that the investment is there, that the um, executive team does believe in partnerships and has seen the light, if you will. Um, and so I think that is a benefit, although I built plenty of programs and been plenty successful without executive alignment, but in this scenario, I would add, I do have executive alignment. I love that you say you've done it without executive alignment, because that's, that's probably the most impressive thing I've heard from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's partially because you don't, it, you're, you're for a partner program, you should be building from the ground up. And when I say that, I mean, 
working with the account executives, working with the CSMs, working with the account managers. That is where you're going to find 99% of your success. And then you use all the data and you use all those voices, that army, mm -hmm. to say how amazing a partner program is and you use all of that to get what you need, i.e. headcount, resources, funding, right? Too, too often we start from the, the top and say, this is why partners are so important versus building that kind of like testimonials, if you will, in your own reputation. So that was a great 30 second answer to, Hey, what do I do? My, my exec team, my management <laughs> team does not believe in partnerships. So I yes. uh, love that, uh, coming into, I think the execution. So could you break down what over the three months, right? What are the major, obviously you did a lot of things. We cannot talk about everything, but what are the major things you really did? I would say the first thing I did is I went and I, um, met with my individual teammates to get an understanding of what are they frustrated with, right? What's eating their time. So I asked them to put together information around, um, what, what are they doing on a daily? And I said, this is not my, me wanting to micromanage. This is me trying to help you figure out how do we get crap that shouldn't be on your plate, you know, off your plate basically. So that was the first step. Okay, what are you guys frustrated with? In addition to that, I, I asked him, what do you guys foresee? What do you see in the future for this partner program? Like, what are your goals? What are you wanting to accomplish? And what do you want to be a part of, right? Because it can't be always negative. So my goal is to say, what's the positive side of the house? So that was the first thing. Okay, understand what they feel their frustrations are. The next thing we did is we built at teamwork.com, we do project management. So we built our board. We built out all of the things that we're working on and all the, all the stuff that needs to be done and who's assigned to what. And so part of that was me saying, okay, I need to dig into partner management. What has Logan done? What are we doing? What are we not doing? And where are their gaps mm -hmm. on partner enablement? What are we doing? What are we not doing? What are gaps and what are we going to run into in the future? If we scale to 300 partners by end of year, what are we going to break and where's the problems going to, going to happen? Right. Um, and then on partner acquisition, great. Okay. What, what's the process? What's, what are we doing there? Right. So my first 30 days were a big level of understanding what is the foundation? Where are we starting? Right. And then from there, I basically just started asking a ton of questions around why do we do it this way? What is the methodology around why? Instead of just saying that's stupid and just kind of slamming it, I'm asking the questions around why. And what the response was is because that's just what we do, which is totally fine because that was what they knew what to do. Yeah. Right. That's the reason why you have people that have gone through this many times that can say, that's great. There are ways to get efficient with this and we can save you a ton of time. So basically my goal in the first three quarters or the first quarter of Q4 was not only to remove a bunch of inefficiencies, was not only to help my people's bandwidth and mental state, but it was also to do massive amounts of growth while reducing bandwidth, right? And so that's basically what I did is I went roll by roll by roll and said, what are we doing? How are we doing it? Why are we doing it? I, I actually love this because I, almost everything you said is more of understanding people, processes, and and yeah. optimizations, uh, and just setting up the best practices. The the target that you mentioned that hey, it needs to scale from X to Y. Can you repeat that? And how was the target set? Yeah. So the goal. So originally there was goals set for twenty twenty three that we just didn't achieve. Right. And that's, again, just a knowledge gap, which is totally fine. 
going into 2024, funny enough, when I interviewed for my position, I built an actual uh, revenue doc for 2024. Part of my interview was, here's how I would do it. Here's what I would do. Here's the percentage of active partners. Here's how many opportunities we need. Here's the ASP we need by deal. And here's how many partners that we're going to do it, right? But my methodology was very, very simple. I need 4,000 ASP from 300 partners. That gets me 850K, if not more, right? Can, can so it's very simple. One sorry, deal. Sorry, what's an ASP? Average sale price. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it, technically, that's what we use terminology internally. Mm -hmm. But really what it is, I need 4,000 in AR mm -hmm. per partner. Yeah. So really, that's about one deal. Mm -hmm. So if I can get one deal from 300 partners, which arguably should not be that hard, right? When partners come to partner with you, 99% of the time, it's because they have somebody interested or one of their clients uses you, right? So that's what I have to figure out is, okay, what's my what's my onboarding or what's my process? And we've already started dialing this in. What's my process to getting their first deal as fast as possible? And it starts with partner acquisition. If partner acquisition isn't asking, great, do you have anybody interested in moving forward now with teamwork.com so I can let Corey know, he can help you get pricing and move that along, right? We got alignment on, on our goals for 2024 across the team. My partner acquisition personality, she said, what do you, what are, what's the KPIs? What is the definition of success for our team? Which I freaking love because there's, there's self-awareness there on, it's not just about me, right? And I said, it's 850K and 300 partners. She's like, great, I'm gonna change everything I'm doing from an education standpoint, from an onboarding standpoint to align with getting revenue as fast as possible. Right. So now I have the team. We've removed a bunch of inefficiencies. Now I have the, the team fully aligned on mm -hmm. what we're trying to accomplish. But yeah, that was pretty simple. It was 300 partners, um, which is obviously we're going after quantity at this point in time. And it was 4,000 in error per partner. And that, that's actually very interesting. I, I've never thought of like, ASP per partner. As a metric, because I, I was expecting that, hey, you would, as you onboard folks, there's going to be some sort of a distribution that, hey, these are best partners. These are just horrible partners and they bring nothing and these best ones bring everything. And then there are a few who sometimes give, bring something, but, and that wasn't taken into your projections, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. And the reason why it's not is because that's a given, right? 70% of your revenue comes from 30% of your partners. But if I can just put a focus on, I need one deal from every single partner. And keep in mind, I'm trying to give deals back to my partners as well. So I'm trying to fu funnel them stuff internally. So it's not just a one-sided partnership. But if I could just focus on that, how do I get them success? How do I get them a customer on their belt? If I do that and I have every partner at 4,000 in ARR, that's 1. that's 1.2 million out of 300 partners, right? So I not only way I've, I've destroyed my number, right? Yeah. But I'm assuming that's not going to happen, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm focused on, right? Yeah. I have some partners that will do, also you want to look at partner profiles. I have some partners that are going to sell three deals a year and they're going to generate 50 to hundred grand a year. I'm going to have some partners that are going to generate 30 deals and do 50 to 100 grand, right? Yeah. So there's two different um, IPPs, profile types that I'm building out also as we go through this. So like I said, we're in our inefficiencies, we are in our infancy. So we don't, we can make a, a shot in the dark on our partner profile, 
but 40 partners is not enough data points to say this is what it is, right? So that's that's kind of the methodology behind why we're doing what we're doing in, in 2024, that is. Perfect. And, and just to clarify, if you had information on partners, would you have built a separate quote-unquote program for smaller versus larger partners? or how? I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have built it that way, but I would have. So like, as actually the perfect example of one of the inefficiencies that we that we uh, added in was we did not we knew who our partners were we did not know what they did which is a massive gap right I can't go ask my success team hey if you have a customer if you have a customer ask about um, integrations or implementation work or website or ads or Facebook whatever if I don't know who does that that's a problem so what we did is we dialed in our application process. Right. So part of our acquisition issue was that the flow was completely broken. Basically, the process was Caroline would work the opportunity in HubSpot, the, the prospective partner. Mm -hmm. She would work it. And when they're ready to, to get going, she would then send them two DocuSigns. One was an NDA, one was a partnership agreement. The crappy part about that is we already had confidentiality inside of the partnership agreements. So we actually didn't even need to send the NDA. Yeah. But they didn't know that. So we were sending it out. So when I started, I read the contract was like, we don't need this NDA. I worked with my legal team to make sure we're good. And we were. So that was step one. We removed one doc. Right. Step two was when they sent out the DocuSign, she was manually close wanting it. She was manually inviting them to partner stack. She was manually doing the inter email introduction to myself and Melody. And then she was manually submitting a task to build out a, to request our dev team to build out a sandbox. All the things manual. So what we did is we said, let's, let's leverage the tools that we have, right? So she, now she works the opportunity inside of HubSpot. As soon as they're ready to sign up, she sends them the link for the application for partner stack, which gives me all of the profile type information. So I'm asking says the company revenues of the company, how many sellers you have in the company, a bunch of this profile type information, products and services that you offer. So I can start developing my own IPP or at least the start of it, right? Yeah. So we, we have the application process. The benefit here is that as soon as they sign up, it automatically closes out the opportunity is closed one, signed up. It automatically triggers the in, uh, introductions to myself and Melody. It automatically leveraging our, um, our, we have an integration with HubSpot, leveraging our own personal integration we automatically apply a task to our dev team to uh, create a sandbox account. I've literally, and it, all, it automatically updates the, the inside of HubSpot. It automatically updates the primary contact for the partner. It updates the program and it updates active status, right? So I basically taken at least an hour per partner off of her plate, which has allowed her to go from doing five to eight partners a month to 15 partners a month and adding 30 plus people to the pipeline because now it's efficient now we have a process and she's not doing a bunch of these manual tasks um and i figured that out when i started sitting on calls with her when i started following the process with her what are you doing how are you doing it da, 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 da. and that was just one of the things that we said in q3 we're going to do that and she went from doing we did the, the obviously the largest quarter we've ever done with partner recruitment. I think it was like uh, in Q4, we added 42 partners. Wow. So we started with 40 partners when I started a year in the program and she recruited 42 in Q4. And these aren't just like 
oh, Corey's just like grabbing everything. Like these partners generated revenue, uh, 25% of them generated revenue in Q4. So we're already seeing like from an IPP perspective, what does that look like? How do we work with them, right? Um, but that, that's what we did for partner acquisition. And it solved a massive, massive hole and pain point in our business. That's actually very, very inf- interesting. So um, I'll come back to the time to revenue or from a partner and all of that, just to sort of wrap my head around it. So the we, we discussed a lot about partner onboarding. Uh, so there's onboarding, there's acquisition, then there's probably like, uh, I, I don't know what you would call it. Is, is Do you call it activa- uh, activation or do you- Activation's sort of, fine. Right? Yeah, and onboarding then, enablement, but yeah. Perfect. Enablement. And then there's probably also going to be something like, hey, like you're giving value back to the partners. That is, that's almost like a separate program in itself. And so I think let's start from the beginning. Like, how do you go about with the actual reach out to someone like who do you reach out to how do you reach out how do you decide who to reach out that yeah so that's part of the other that's part of that acquisition methodology right so now we fixed our inefficiencies which means now we're set to scale and when you hear set to scale you a lot of times hear that for the program i use set to scale based on the roles within our team right mm-hmm. caroline is now set up for success she is set to scale there are really little to no roadblocks in her way of accomplishing her number outside of her effort, right? But in addition to that, what we did is we said, you know what, what's the best way to, uh, what's, if, if it takes six months for a partner, an agency to be onboarded because they're learning a new methodology, they're learning a new product, that it does it, what's the fastest way to get somebody in two months? And the best way to do that is hunt your, hunt your competitors. So, we basically um, go through and we, we went uh, on to, as an example, I'll share the details. We went on HubSpot's partner program, their directory, and we sorted to ClickUp and we said, um, these are all the partners that are HubSpot partners that are ClickUp partners. We created, a, we created a sequence in HubSpot. We reached out to them manually first, right? So, so we get some responses. Um, and then at that point in time, we dropped them into a sequence once they opted in and we then market to them. And that has been the largest success that we have seen. And we'll go down the line. Eventually, we'll reach out to you, uh, Monday.com partners. And the reason why this is the case is, look, we have partners now that sell ClickUp and they sell Teamwork.com. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, they're a separation in product needs for a customer, right? So it's not necessarily that we're taking business away. We're, di- we're allowing the partner to be differentiated as far as, you need something that does this and you need something that does this. This is for this. This is teamwork.com, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been our pitch uh, to these partners. It's like, hey, differentiate your third-party revenue. How do you, you know, make sure you're opening up your skill skill level and you're opening up your market to accepting more within project management or within desk and yeah. da, 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 da. So that's one is go after, actually do outbound efforts. And it's really not that hard. I think we stand in our own way 99% of the time. Um, you can also pay somebody to scrape the list and go through and like find all of these people and email addresses and you can manually reach out to them, right? Um, so that's one is there's three levels to, by the way, this uh, on, on our acquisition strategy. The first one is outbound. The first, the next one is inbound and the third one is internal. So then we have our inbound traffic. What we did in Q4 is I completely rebuilt with our marketing team all of our partner pages. I wrote all the content, 
I had the marketing team fix the content because English was not my best subject. Um, but basically I was like, we need to rebuild these so they're aligned with our brand. And so we're removing confusion. We had a lot of solution partners signing up for affiliate because they couldn't find solution and so on. So that was step one. Let's fix that process. So now when a solution partner comes to our partner pages and they go to opt in, it is a calendar link, specific calendar link for Caroline. So they don't automatically go into our program. They don't apply. They book time with Caroline. So Caroline can vet every single person that wants to be on our program, solution partners, right? Yeah. So that's kind of step one. So that's that's your inbound traffic, right? You're requesting interest. Um, and then you have internal. And I think this is probably the number one most missed opportunity out there is I went and I built relationships and I started working with our account executives. I started meeting with our CSMs. I started meeting with our account, uh, account managers and the onboarding individuals to say, what do you see? Like, what do you know about partnerships? And they didn't know anything about partnerships. They didn't know what we do, why we do it, right? Or what partners do. So I went education mode. I said, okay, no problem. I'm going to help you. Here's an example of when sales asks for an integration to um, NetSuite. So I go to the partner and I find the partner that can do that integration, right? And so I started educating them on the use cases and scenarios. And all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. I, I created a channel that is called Partner Help that now I push everybody to. So all my internal teams are hitting me on the partner help saying, I need somebody that solves for this integration, or I need somebody that will do a full implementation of teamwork, right? So the, and then now I'm giving back to my partners. So there's reciprocity, right? Um, and that dial, that, you know, we can go off on a tangent with the partner directory and stuff like that, but that is exactly how we said, we're gonna do our acquisition strategy. This is how we're gonna get to 300 is going to be this piece internal external or sorry internal outbound and internal love that by the way so the idea of the entire every time i listen to you everything you say is very obvious like it's like three channels it's true yeah <laughs> but it's i wouldn't have thought of it like i just would never have thought of yeah like we could i could i could go to speak speak with my sales folks we're working with the exact same people like th that's again it's obvious but not obvious at the same time <laughs> well i think that's the difference between obvious and intentional right like yes you could go do it but it's not until you go do it that you actually get them to care right like your your internal champions mean everything to you from the rep the representation of your own partner program right like having people say like oh interesting the partner team are really making moves they've you know they've come in they they can actually say oh Corey's working with solution partners which are professional services and they're two to 50 employees and blah 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 right the fact that they can do it is way more powerful than if my c-suite can do it right yeah um so it's it's more of the write it down make it part of your methodology because if you don't then you don't know what works and what doesn't work and I'm, i've become a big fan of that i sucked at that i used to hire people specifically with skill sets that i lacked which was arguably smart but it forced me to become better at documentation mm -hmm. and it's really like again this is my methodology i don't you know 90 percent of it i know it's going to work the other 10 percent, i don't know and i'm okay saying i don't know yeah so yeah Love that. Perfect. So I think we've discussed how did you reach out, 
how did you like the entire onboarding process how did you automate all of that we've also discussed a little bit about like so the different channels in the reach out or onboarding or whatever piece uh how do you sort of and again correct me if i'm not thinking about this in the right way but how did you let's say from getting a partner to revenue their entire cycle what are things that you do and how did you reduce it because you said that you're getting revenue in q4 Mm-hmm. And and we're getting is, some partners are generating revenue in five days. Yeah, but then also it's very impressive because teamwork is is a great software, but then it's a it's a business management software which requires a lot of customization, and then I'm assuming so it takes a while for people to onboard onto it. It's one of those softwares that it's not easy. Hey, you cannot just you know like onboard someone yeah. fast. There's customizations required so how do you do that yeah so i'd also add one thing i forgot to break down is we also went through our customer base and we looked at our customer base and we actually did a dupe search on email address from the domain name and what that allowed us to see is we already had partners acting like partners in our ecosystem that were not partners it's the fastest easiest way to revenue is like hey come join the partner program and run everything under us right so that was one thing um, I think the well, other thing that we like basically one thing there, another one of your obvious but not intentional. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, ob- obviously yeah. you would do that, but yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah, please continue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's these small things that add up to big things, right? Um, and so it's something as simple as that. It's again, do just do a dupe search and how many email addresses are in these multiple applications, and then hunt those. Just reach out to them. Says, hey, it looks like you're helping our customers, right? Um, and so that was part of that that innate that um, acquisition process. Then we move into actual enablement onboarding, which start like getting a partner to revenue starts with acquisition, hundred percent. Most of us don't think about it that way, but when they submit an application, I ask them specifically, "Do you have anybody interested right now in Teamwork.com?" Right. In addition to that, because my partner acquisition person is asking, she'll she'll message me and say. Hey, just, this partner just signed. He's got three people interested right now. Boom. I book a call with them. They book a call with me. I get on the phone call. I talk, you know, all this stuff. And I say, hey, Caroline mentioned you have three people that are looking at potentially project management. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. How can I help you win this business for teamwork.com? What do you need from us to be able to accomplish that? Right. And sometimes it's pricing, sometimes it's product knowledge, but ultimately that is kind of step one is like, okay, great, that's it. Um, getting them beyond their first sale, that's a whole nother game, right? That's where you go into what we, the inefficiencies we fixed in onboarding and enablement. So if you mm-hmm. looked at our onboarding enablement, she was busting her ass. She was working all kinds of hours and doing all kinds of stuff because that's just what she thought she had to do, right? <clears throat> she was answering partners tickets or the partners were messaging her directly and she was answering them. And I'm like, no, 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 send them to support. If they don't get a response within 24 to 48 hours, then then we'll jump in and we'll kind of push support. I said, yeah. but we have to get our partners to a point where they're in a habitual state of submit. Otherwise, they're going to come to us. And then we got three in our partners coming directly yeah. to us. That's not right. And then in addition to that, we can't create an SLA with support. And so some of it was just push it off. She wanted to own it because she's kind of like that mentality is like, I'm a winner. I'm going to get this done. I can do this in five minutes. So we went through that process and I figured out what was eating up her time. The next part was 
uh, she was doing certifications, which weren't really that big of a deal when you're doing five a month new partners. Soon as we brought on 40, well, then it's 40 plus their employees. So now she has 55 people in the next cohort going through the certification process of which she's emailing them all, but one by one, they're testing with her. Didn't make sense at all. So we said, okay, let's scrap it. Let's rethink how we're doing it. We turned all of what we're doing in certification into a LMS and we launched what we call partner hub, which we already had an LMS. It's called 360 learning is the one that we use. And we just basically called it partner hub. So we launched our partner hub, which is specific to partners. That way it allows us to dump in these trainings that sales gets. So we have a, uh, we have a sales enablement guy. That's a genius. He's really good at what he does. He's out here building stuff for sales and we're just taking it and dropping it into partners saying, how do you position teamwork in the market? What, what are the, the three additions, the plan types that we have and why are they different? What are our competitor wikis and knowledge? I don't need to create any of this stuff because I've created a place that I can then move it into. So we rebuilt our onboarding process with video. Um, our own video. So I flew everybody into Denver, which is only three of us. Wow. And then our, we had a video guy do video intros. Hi, I'm Corey Snyder, or this is this, this is this, and so on. Um, so we created some personalization. I know I'm on a bit of a tangent, but almost, almost done. Um, but very, very, <clears throat> basically, this is, this is very useful. Uh, this is actually very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So then once we, once we fix the onboarding process, now we can track partners going through onboarding. But then we rebuilt our partner certification to be product knowledge. It's just a learning course on product knowledge. Now, keep in mind, some of these partners are customers. They don't need it. Some of them are on competitor products. So they already understand the methodology, but some of them are not, which means this is allows them to get onboarding a lot faster. Um, but the great part about it is, again, we're leveraging resources and tools that are already being built. We're just saying, hey, can we have that too? Right. Uh, and that's so we basically launched that and now we're actually rethinking certification. Now we're actually launching in March. We're going to launch a live certification where partners have to fly in into Denver and we're going to do a full live certification on both of our products, which we've never done before. So we're really just trying to rethink of ways that we can get partners further bought in, uh, but also streamline the process. So I removed a ton of stuff off of her plates from the support tickets from doing manual certifications. Now she can focus on what I need her focusing on, which is how do I get partners to their first, their second, and their third sales, wow. right? So her and I are aligned there. So she works partners that she's really educating and working partners that have no, no sales at all or haven't registered anybody. Hey, how do we get you up and running? What are you missing? What are we missing, mm -hmm. right? And so on. So that's how we're, we've kind of teamed up. I think one, so one major takeaway for me uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, right? So I think to get the quick wins, the easiest, not the easiest, but but I think the lowest time effort or the fastest effort would be your onboarding the onboarding your customers who were already acting like partners. They are the ones who probably got revenue fastest, right? Yeah. It. <clears throat> what's interesting is the ones that got the revenue fastest were probably the ones using a competitor tool. Right. And the reason why is there are times when it, I mean, let's be honest, we all have a partner program. There are level, there are times where we suck at doing a partner program. I I'm a victim of that as well in the sense that I didn't, I didn't do what I needed to do to show, to, to build a relationship and reciprocity with this partner. And so they're going elsewhere because they're not getting what they need. 
So we've really doubled down aggressively on time, same methodology with sales. Time is money, right? Time kills deals. So as soon as we get the email intro within an hour, even if it's at like 10 o'clock at night, it's the habit we're in right now. I'm not saying everybody needs to work these hours, but before I go to bed, I just check my email to see if we got a new partner. If we did, I reply back. Hey, I look forward to working with you. Make sure you grab time, right? And that's been intentional. My goal is to build this relationship and do what I feel that nobody else is doing, which is aggressively on the relational side, right? Um, there's the, the conversation going around, which is relationships to revenue or revenue to relationships, you know? And arguably you both are correct, right? If I put in a ton of time and effort into this partnership and I give them what they need and they don't go generate revenue, then great, we have a relationship, but it didn't generate revenue, right? But on the flip side, if I just focus solely on revenue from a partner, I will burn all of my partners and I will have a failed program guaranteed if I'm not giving back, right? So anyways, tangent, but... Perfect. Yeah, no, this is very helpful. Uh, I think I have... So just from a tech stack perspective, is there anything else on the, any piece of the partnership program? I, I know I wanted to maybe touch, can you just in very short answer, or just like shed some light on, okay, like how are you giving back to so many partners? Like I, I never understood that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So part of that is again, a lot of times they don't understand they being account executives, CSMs and account managers, or even support agents, they don't understand why or when they should do it. And I think that's what we're trying to solve for is, is the why behind it, right? Use case. So I've had partners present at all hands, like a quick 10 minutes on who they are, what they do. And the very most important question, what would somebody say for you to say, you need to talk to this partner, right? And so I'm getting my partners to say, if they mentioned integration, if they mentioned um, deeper implementation of teamwork.com, if they mentioned website or they're struggling with mm -hmm. their ad spend or whatever, right? We're giving them the use cases and scenarios so they could then come back and say, oh, I just had somebody do that. In addition to that, I'm listening to gong calls. So if I hear gong calls and the specific need pops up, I can reach out to the CSM directly and I can say, hey, I happen to hear this call. Sounds like they need some need on some integration work. Or as a perfect example, I heard this call about a customer asking for an integration and the CSM didn't know that it existed. None of us knew it existed. But because when I'm on a sales call, habitually, when somebody mentions a, some, when mentions a tool, I search that plus teamwork.com. And so I did a quick search and it popped up and I dropped the link of the integration that the company had done that we didn't know about to the CSM. Gave that to the customer, stickier customer usage, boom, right? So I'm also trying to help them out. I'm trying to hook them up, but it comes down to a very simple methodology. They don't know what our partners do and why they should get them involved. They don't know that like after two integrations, the churn rate drops and they become super sticky. They don't know, like, all of that kind of stuff that we know, we just assume everybody else knows, right? Even our executive team, arguably, doesn't know this stuff, right? Um, so I think that's a missing element is we forget that like our job is internally is to educate, mm -hmm. right? To help, help them understand what those use cases are, why you give back. In addition to that, the other piece, which is uh, at the very beginning, you know, we talked about, have you spent any money? One of the tools that I implemented right away, or I pushed to implement right away, was Partner Fleet. Which, which one's a partner directory tool? Partner Fleet. Okay. 
Yeah, which is a basically it's a partner. What we use it for, we only use the partner directory side of the house. So we had a directory. Marketing was building every single listing, right? So that's not efficient. That's not scalable. In addition to that, I don't want marketing having to make updates all the time. Anytime a partner wants to make an update. In addition to that, the filtering, we had two filters. That's not enough. It just wasn't efficient. It wasn't easy for our partners to get leads, right? Yeah. And it wasn't a strong representation of what we want. So we we uh, we purchased teamwork. We purchased uh, partner fleet to get our directory up and running. And the benefit is the partners build the directories. I just approve them. Um, I worked with my web and dev team to make sure that we're set up and we're about to launch it here in about two weeks. Um, a brand new directory. I have probably eight different filters. They can search on keywords for, for NetSuite or for ads or whatever it is that they want to search for the customer, the prospect and the employee. That's why I build a directory, right? So now the employee, I'm not the bottleneck anymore for partner help. Yeah. They can go to the directory and say, Hey, I found these two partners that do NetSuite integrations. Who do you recommend? And I could basically say, talk to them both, right? Reach out, have the customer reach yeah. out to them both because then the, the customer decides who to do the integration through, not us. Right. So anyways, that's kind of a tangent. Yeah. That's where I've spent okay. some money is on partner fleet, which is a partner directory, which is part of giving back. Cause if I can drive all of my internal teams to this page and I can get traffic there, awesome it gives a potential of hey we're representing you on the website why don't you do the same for us on your website awesome love that so uh just very quickly then just summarizing the tools that you have right so you're using uh docusign partner stack hubspot you have a docusign oh, no more right nope. you remove Docu we'll docusign you're using a yes got rid partner of that. stack or hubspot which one are you using so we use both. So we use HubSpot as form. our CRM. Uh, for the form, the the application is a hundred percent partner stack. Okay, perfect. And then yeah. you're using uh, if you had to scrape lists, you could use a person. Uh, so that's some yep. spend there uh, for the outbound. Uh, how are you doing outbound? Which tool are you using? Uh, Google searches. No, no, so, uh, so we don't you, use it. We don't actually that. use a tool for that. Oh, okay. So you just, We're just through, through Gmail or something, you're sending out emails. Uh -huh. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Love that. And yep. then, so there's three Keep it simple. So partner fleet for the directory 360 learn for the, um, the LMS. LMS. Yeah. And, and then for, if you ever want to create videos, then and onboarding material and stuff, then there's a videographer and then time from your team to if, if you're flying out to one place mm -hmm. and then just discussing stuff so is, is that's like yep. most if not all of the expenses right yep and then on the on the integration side we're starting to use and we're going to start using um on the solution partner side a little bit more is reveal as well for yes. partner overlaps yeah awesome Love so those that. are the tools we use uh this is yeah very and cool. we didn't even get yeah we didn't even get time just to, to talk about the partner sales side of the house which is uh, what we're streamlining there, but yeah, this, that, that's, that's kind of the, the la the least of it. Mm -hmm. The, the beginning was the most important, which is acquisition and, and enablement. We solve those points. I can go get the revenue, right? Yeah. It's a matter of just how do, how do we set ourselves up for success? And that's what we've done. 
love this was very very helpful uh can you maybe so just just to end up is there anything that you want to add that i haven't asked uh, that i should have asked would have re- would really help someone setting up their own partnership program so i'll add two things the first one is ask questions man reach out to people right will uh taylor justin simmerman you there's been a bunch of people that literally learned I would say five years of knowledge in a very short period of time because they just met with a bunch of people. Hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, why are you doing it? How are you doing it? Same thing I do with my team. So ask a ton of questions. Like you're not in this like silo or anything like that. You have hundreds of thousands of partnership people in the world that are happy to just like spend 30 minutes with you. I'm happy to do that as well. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, create a methodology. I think it's completely underestimated in saying, what's my methodology for partner acquisition? What's my methodology for partner management? What's my methodology for partner onboarding? What's my methodology for partner enablement, right? Um, what in whatever positions you have on your team, create those methodologies. So that way, you know, when you go through the process, whether you broke something, whether you're efficient, whether you're not efficient, how do you become more efficient? All of those things become visual because it doesn't align with your methodology, right? Or your methodology doesn't work. But what within your methodology did work, right? So if you think about the inbound, the outbound, the internal, right? And then I go deeper on each individual one, but I can communicate that to the C-suite. And that's what they care about. They care about te- they care about data, methodologies, and tactics. What everybody else cares about is KPIs. How did partnerships help me generate my KPI? So how did, how did, how did partnerships reduce my churn or increase my activation, right? On the CSM side, how did, um, on the sales side, how did a partner help me get to get this to close because they can do the integration or whatever may be right. There's different outlets, but create your methodology, create those relationships and just like be intentional about it. I know that's a buzzword. I get it, but. That would be my last two cents. So yeah. I think after today, it's not a buzzword. <laughs> you clearly made a yeah. different, differentiate between yes. <laughs> obvious and intentional. By the way, it's, it's very just one little thought. What you just said about helping other people achieve their KPIs, SEO is such a similar channel because to scale SEO, you need to scale every other marketing department except mm-hmm. SEO. You need to scale the tech team, the content team, and then you need to make them do things that you want to do for your own KPIs. Mm-hmm. So, and I've, I've lived that life. So I, I think when you were saying that, hey, you need to help them achieve their KPIs, that and pizzas help a lot. So just... <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because that's like the whole thing of like pizzas. It's like there's a hole and then... You know, you, you fill it with pizzas. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, we didn't dive into obviously how do you build better relationship with your partners and things yeah. like that. But to me, like from a tactical perspective, yeah. if you want to be successful, you want to build a very successful program, hmm. stick to the basics. When I, when I was in sales and I was a number one sales in, in for 10 plus years, it was only because of one thing. I had a methodology and I followed that methodology. I had a crap month every 12 months. And it would, and if I went back and I listened to my calls, it was because I skipped motivation or I skipped opportunity or I skipped referral or whatever that methodology that I had at that point. So that is the only way we're going to scale across the board, whether you're in sales or success or whatever, it's having your methodology, sticking to it, 
and tweaking it mm-hmm. as you get data, as you get knowledge. I love how you casually dropped. I was the number one salesperson for 10 years and that was just like a talking <laughs> point in the rest of it. But, but I, I think- and it's not an arrogant thing. I'm <laughs> oh, just yeah, saying yeah, the reason, and the reason why I was, was because I built 30 yeah. partnerships, my own internal, I built my own yeah. like um, lead, lead source. Yeah. So that's the reason why I lost Perfect. Okay, so I think um, if, just if you can give a one line or very short pitch for teamwork.com, um, either for yeah. partners or customers or both, like what would that be? Yeah, I would say one, we're building a world-class partnership program. And what I mean by that is not just, you know, taking, it's also giving, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have uh, a lot of methodology, a lot of things in place that we're putting, putting down. And you can ask our partners that have been in the program for a year, what has changed in the last three months? They're going to say a lot right? The engagement level is way better and so on and so forth. As far as, and that's the reason why you want to partner with us is because we do care and we do want to drive you revenue. We do want to grow your business by helping you grow your pipeline as a partner. You naturally will generate revenue for teamwork.com, right? Um, <clears throat> that's one thing. The second thing would be teamwork.com. Is, one one yeah. question around that. So who, who yeah. all would you want to partner with you? So is it just agencies? Who else is it? Yeah, so our our probably if you were to look at our our IPP our ideal partner profile, agencies, resellers, uh, pro- professional services, uh, anybody that's basically helping a customer implement project management or a methodology around project management is really a good fit for us. Perfect. Yeah, uh, you were saying something. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and then Teamwork.com, you know, we've created we've really created this power product this product that does uh, project management very, very efficiently. And we've dialed in who we work with, how we work with them and why we work with them and why we're building a product around them. And that comes into what we call PSA, professional services, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's who we're trying to solve for. That's who we're trying to help. We also have a product called Desk, which is similar to like a Zendesk, a support ticketing software. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever in need of those tools, let me know. But I run my partner program, a lot of it off of projects, by the way project management mm-hmm. love that and if someone had to reach out to you what's the best place to do that linkedin linkedin is the easiest place to reach out to me i think it's uh forward slash cd Corey d snyder i think is my linkedin yeah. but yeah look me up it's that's the easiest way if you're local to arizona happy to do coffee with you in person as well just oh. did that yesterday so <laughs> Love that. Perfect. Uh, thanks, Corey. Thank- this was amazing. I'll probably use this to implement or rebuild a partnership program as well. Yeah. Yeah. If I can help, let me know. No problem. Uh, I will. I definitely will. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the TLDR podcast. In case you're wondering, Spear Growth is a marketing agency. We help B2B SaaS companies like yourself with ads and SEO. Check out our website at speargrowth.com. That is S-P-E-A-R-G-R-O-W-T-H dot com. Just like this, every episode starts with a one-minute summary of what we discuss. Pick the next episode to listen to based on what you can implement right away. And after you implement any of these tactics and see an impact, we'd appreciate you drop us a note on podcast at speargrowth.com.